Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. That's Sean Sides. And that's Tom Sides. Man, we got a great show today. I can't wait to talk about this. Montreal Canadiens beating the Leafs from a 3-1 deficit, coming back, <laughs> winning three games in a row, and then defeating the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know uh, our cousin Paul has a few like choice words on this because I was texting him throughout the games, and he is so crabby. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be tough, like... I was really sad, you know, how the Oilers got swept and there was a lot of Toronto fans that I know that were talking a lot of shit to me about it and, yeah. you know, personally texting me, taking the time out of their day to say, ha 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 ha, your Oilers are out. So I had like that moment of sweet revenge where I'm like, I don't know what's worse, getting swept four games, not winning or thinking you have it in the bag, being up three one and then getting horribly, horribly embarrassed by not winning another game. I was just about to ask you that same question because, like, the Oilers got shit kicked four games to none, and then we are having like what a three-one lead to lose it five-four in overtime. Like, yeah. we got shit kicked, but then you got the Toronto Maple Leafs up three-one. All they need is one more win, and they just don't <laughs> fucking get it, and then they lose it in Toronto. Yeah. And the team, like the vets that they brought in, and like the young players, the stars, and they're like Toronto fans are like guaranteeing a victory like some of the sportscasters most of them in canada were already assuming toronto had made it out of the canadian division I, you know, there's, this, it, there's this thing where everyone's like an anti-montreal canadian and i kind of get it because the fans here fucking suck i hate <laughs> montreal canadians fans and i am one of them but like i have a thing called class and decorum like <laughs> like, <laughs> like i, I lost I, on I, some folks I see this guy on my Facebook feed and uh, I see him go. He whined about how the Montreal Canadiens were losing. I think they just lost game four. And then he yeah. was whining about how hockey isn't fun. And like, whatever. the guy's never played a game of hockey in his fucking life. <laughs> and, and here he is like sounding off. And then all of a sudden the Montreal Canadiens start winning. And now I see him on like, this guy commented on this ESPN thing where he's like, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs fucking suck. Like, hold on a fucking second here. <laughs> here you were just shitting on them a second ago, and now all of a sudden they're winning, and now you're your best fucking buds. You can't have it both ways, man. Like, Fairweather fans, what do you do? Oh, it bothers the hell out of me. And then because we have, like, 24 cups, 10 of which were won when, like, teams – the league was, like, six teams – Four of those teams don't exist anymore. And then the NHL really got started with the original six. And then we kept on winning cups. Like I get that we have a bunch, but like, yeah. there's like, you can probably cut our number in half just yeah. because of like reality. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. I understand what you're saying. No, it was pretty good. It's, it's, are you excited about this next series coming up? Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, like, I, I don't think Winnipeg is a team to sleep on either. Like you saw them, they swept Edmonton, and well, like they, they did, shut yeah. down McDavid, they shut down Dreisaitl. Like they're a team that knows what they're doing. I do think they're too well rested, and I think we saw that in Game One. Like yeah. you got a team that came out, and within like what five minutes, ten minutes, the Montreal Canadiens are up two nothing. 
Like, like yeah, there's such thing of like much rest. Whereas Montreal is coming from a game seven win, pumped, ready, ready to go. It's unbelievable. I, I, I'm so yeah, I'm they, so stoked on this series. They know that they can do it because they just took out everyone's beloved Leafs. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a thing that I have a buddy a yeah, down for. A good friend of mine. He's from back east, like from Toronto area, and he, he was one of the guys who specifically messaged me. And so when Toronto got knocked out, I just like brutally berated him. And he was just straight up with me. Like the only thing he sent me back was that hurt. And so see, I apologized. Do you see the guys that like burned like their trauma police hats or jerseys? And <laughs> yeah. all that stuff? You see that all the time. It's ridiculous. No, oh, but like, it's kind of disgusting. Like if you're a fan, yeah. fucking take it on the chin and move on. Like, I don't like this stuff. Even there was a guy that burned a Doug Gilmore Jersey and Doug Gilmore, a man of class just tweeted out going, Hey man, I don't understand why you're burning a jersey, let alone like my jersey. I don't play for the Leafs anymore. But yeah. if you're this upset, donate the jersey to charity. People are for looking sure. for reasons to like make money for their charities, and selling a hockey jersey can go so far. Make a donation, give it to the kids. Like, what's wrong with you where you're going to set something on fire? I get it's your own property and like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But to a certain point, like it's a game. Yeah. And I think that's what like a lot of it boils down to with what some of the things I've seen, like, I don't know if you remember back when the Oilers were having some really like spectacular seasons, they had a bunch of people throwing like their hall jerseys on the ice and, or, you know, doing mostly the same thing, just disrespecting and throwing away. They're not real hockey fans. They came to the game or they're doing it to be sensationalized. I doubt that Leafs fans were the ones burning the jerseys i bet it was like a montreal fan or another like person who just hates the leafs doing it just to prove a point they had the jersey they were ready to do it for that purpose like i don't know that it's a legit fan someone who is loyal to their team because yeah. true hockey fans and like the passionate canes about hockey they're not about that kind of garbage yeah it's these things these things like bother me in these professional sports when you take it like way too seriously for one you're not playing like can you imagine yeah. like you're upset how do you think these fucking guys feel like no kidding also, also like they're making millions of dollars to play a game and they're not doing the job they're supposed to do like game seven austin matthews mitch marner didn't show up to play hockey like that was clear but like i also don't want to shit on the montreal canadians either like Montreal Canadiens played great, like played some good hockey. Carey Price stood on his head, like they created chances. Yeah. Shea Weber had a, uh, no, Shea Weber had a, uh, a breakaway, but that happened in the Winnipeg game. So I'm getting ahead of myself here, but like yeah. I'm excited for what's going on. We got game game two tonight, so we're recording this on Friday. Game two tonight, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, no kidding. What do you, uh, what did you take on that hit? The, the, hit the one on, on uh, Evans. Yeah, the one on Evans there. Um, here's my take. Now, I played the game growing up, and I kind of know I have some insight into what he may have been thinking. Yeah. Fucking wasn't thinking. He wasn't. <laughs> no, no, like because here's what's happening. It's six on five. Somehow Jake Evans gets alone in the opposite zone. I don't know yeah. how that even happened. And then that guy's making a beeline to try and stop him. It's playoff hockey. He's kind of in the right. Was it a charging call? A hundred percent. And if he didn't yeah. get hurt, we wouldn't be talking about this at all. True. Yeah, but it's the, true. But because he did, 
everyone's like, give him eight games, give him the rest of the series. He's done. Like, no, 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 he's not. For one, he didn't leave his feet. He didn't leave his feet. So it's not like he was out to fucking kill. Like, for sure. He didn't leave his feet. Another thing about it was um, you kind of saw him slow down a little bit. But the one thing that no one's talking about is Evans didn't have his head up. Yeah. I actually, well, I've heard that too. You didn't see, uh, there was a former tough guy who was known for dirtiness and he made like a video recording of himself talking about, I can't remember his name right now. Sean Avery, Sean Avery. Did you see that video? No, I didn't. I don't have any respect for Sean Avery because he wasn't a tough guy. He was a piece of shit on the ass. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. But he had like a piece of shit video where he's just said like his gist of it was, this is playoff hockey. Keep your fucking head up. And he was—he just went on, and he was like super on Shifley's side of the hit that it was like that all the Montreal Canadiens' fault because he didn't have his head up. Like you know that they're coming after you. You're trying to score a wraparound goal. Like you got to have your head up, kid. This is playoff hockey. That was his gist on it. And I don't want to be the guy that agrees with Sean Avery, but I agree with Sean Avery. The guy should have had his head up. It was six on five. There's an empty net goal, and he's doing a wrap around the net. What did he think was going to happen? You think they were going to just change and let you put the puck in the net? <laughs> For like, sure. I got to like. I, think I don't want to shit on the guy that got injured. No, but I. It was a clear. It was a clear charging call. But this like this whole like four game suspension to me, it's a little excessive in my books. Uh, one yeah. maybe I get because the guy got hurt. Two yeah. maybe teach him a lesson to not do that. Four games is excessive. So is Evans like a younger player? I don't really know. Yeah, he's he's younger. I think he I think he was celebrating his twenty first birthday. Yes, uh, uh, two nights ago. So it's probably a bit of an experience on his part too. You know what I mean? Not knowing like that they're gonna try and kill you. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing though. It's something that it was instilled in me when I was a kid, and I'm naturally assuming it was instilled in them. If you have your head down, you're gonna get railed. Yeah, it's, like the pain train's coming. Sure. Now, there's been debating why didn't he go for the stick or try and stop it that way. The thing is, once you're on the ice, you don't have time to make decisions. You just react. You, yeah. It's all instinct. Like th- That's all hockey is. Ho- the game happens too quickly for you to just be like, well, I'm going to do – Like, let me just hold on a second. I'm going to think about this for a second. But, no, <laughs> the guy made a decision. The team's down 4-3. They don't want to make it 5-3. It's going to hurt morale going into game two. Like they don't want that. Like, so I don't think what Shifley did was out. Like, I think it was a guy that was trying to do right by his team. I don't think he was out to injure anybody. Yeah. Um, no, I gotta say, I think four games is excessive, but you know, we live in the age of the NHL where they're trying to teach lessons. So I guess, you know, four games is you're really going to think about what you've done. It's tough. Like I I'm buddies with a uh, one Winnipeg fan. I know it's hard to believe because they just hurt me so bad, but I do still talk to him. <laughs> and he said, like, he was hoping this is pre-Shifley suspension. He was like, man, I hope they don't, like, suspend him for and knock him out for the rest of the series because we need him. He's, like, a key piece to our team, right? So, yeah. you know, it's it's a tough loss for Winnipeg as well. I always thought, like, when it comes to dirty or intent plays, when, like, I don't necessarily think this was a dirty intent to injure play. I think Shifley was planning on plowing him over, but he didn't. I don't know. I don't. It was a stupid play. I don't think. It was a clear take the body play, but it wasn't. It wasn't like I'm going to ruin this guy's career. There's a big difference. You see those plays for sure. And when like you do see those plays, my opinion's always been. 
that the suspension should be the amount of games that it takes the person that was injured to get back to hockey. I always thought met like pair them up. Like you're stuck, man. You can cuss this guy really bad because you made a dirty, dirty hit. Yeah. I think that that would be fair, something that they should think about one day. Yeah. So I do think I I think the NHL is being a little over excessive. However, I do think the moment Shifley steps steps up back on the ice. So let's say it goes to game seven or game six, yeah. I guess. And Shifley gets to play again. Uh, I think he's in for a fight with somebody. I think so. Too. I, I, and I don't think he deserves it, to be honest, but it's the way the yeah. game works. It's the reason why Felino ended up fighting Perry. Like yeah. that, that was when, when the, uh, when Perry had the accidental contact on Tavares, I understood quite clearly that it would like, especially after when Perry said Felino went up to him and I know it was an accident, but that's our captain. We got to drop the gloves. Are you? Yeah. No, and that's like, and he was like, yeah, and they and they fought, and that was it. And Perry didn't even fight back. Like I think he swung maybe once or twice, but he took the beating, and then he. So that's the honor of men in hockey, right? And women when they play. I don't think there's fighting. Is there fighting? No, women's hockey can get rather uh, intense. Yeah, I just know I'm always watching the Olympics, so I haven't seen them. I don't. Obviously, there's no fighting really in the Olympics, so I don't see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Just a curious a, question. Yeah, no, women's hockey can get quite intense. Uh, trust me on this one. I knew that you'd seen it a lot growing up and stuff, so I figured you'd have yeah. more insight than me. Yeah, so needless to say, I'm I'm stoked for the game tonight. Yeah, and, uh, be good. I, I, I can't wait to see what happens in game two. Um, in other sports news, uh, the Edmonton Football Club now has a new name, the Edmonton Elks. How are you? How are you feeling about this? I like it. It's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not a uh, huge like CFL fan personally. Yeah. So it doesn't really impact me in any way. There was um the former team. Now we have the new team. Yeah. It's interesting. There's two things that I'm so curious about for the future of the Elks now. Is yeah. the fight song. Do you ever listen to the Edmonton fighting song? No. It is one of the most cheesiest things. I don't know if we can play it on the podcast because of copyright issues, but it is so awesome. I I love going. I love going to Edmonton Eskimos or now Edmonton Elks games back in the day. Um, I've been to a bunch of games and it is fun. I I like going to live sports no matter what it is. But so like I think it's in the third quarter they would get Halsey to come out that new sports guy on the news, right. He would come out and sing uh, the Edmonton Eskimos fight song, and then everyone just joins in. But like, it's all about being them being called the Edmonton Eskimos. And so I wonder if they're going to change the lyrics, or they're just going to scrap it all together. Right. Two is I don't think people understand why it's called elks when the plural is called uh, the the plural is elk. Yeah. So like, let's look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is grammatically incorrect. That's true. Should be the leaves. But but here's what it is. Is each player on the team is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. When you unite them, they're all Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's like that. That's why they're not called the Toronto Maples Leaves. Like, it doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> so this way, one, one member on the team is an elk, and then the rest of them are elks. Like you can yeah, see a herd of elk, but you can say 
look at all the elks. I've never like contemplated this, so I appreciate your take on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so stoked, and I like the new logo. Um, I don't know why they were so like adamant on keeping the double E if they were going to cho- change the logo anyway. Yeah, I fair. That's fair. It didn't. And, like, I have me, like, like Edmonton Eskimo paraphernalia now, and now I don't know what to do with it. Is it yeah. is it wrong to own is it wrong to wear it is it wrong to own it like i don't know like, i don't know i've wondered that too like when yeah, you is go it like to morally wrong elks, now when you go to an elks game and you still have an eskimos jersey are you going to be like should you not wear that eskimo jersey well that's a good give, question will they give me a new one like i'll do that's an a very good question too yeah, that, that would be a reasonable thing to do. I feel like that's definitely not going to happen, but... <laughs> do, you, do you remember a couple of years ago when the member of... He was on the Patriots. I can't remember his name, but he got arrested for murder. And what the thing with the Patriots did was after he went to jail, they went like, listen, if you have this guy's jersey, feel free to come in, exchange it, we'll get you a new jersey. Hmm. And that was a classic move. So I was wondering if like, Edmonton Elks will do something similar. I'm just like, we know that you have jerseys a, and stuff. Yeah. If you want to come in and exchange it. Like if you bought it in like the last couple of years, come on, we'll get you a new one. No problem. That'd be cool. I feel like that's not going to happen, but oh, I think probably it not. Cool. it's a cash grab. Exactly. Your team name now is a cash grab. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't alienate like too many fans who were, were stuck with the Eskimo thing and blah, blah, blah. If that's the case, then you weren't fans. Well, I just mean like in a sense, like there's a guy on the south side of Edmonton who has his house painted Edmonton Eskimos colors. And there's like his entire, like imagine being the super fan and then every piece of artifact that you now own for the the team doesn't. Just be happy you still get a team, right? Like teams, certain teams move. The league didn't happen last year. And. No one really knows it. Like no one really knows for sure what's happening this year in the CFL. So be happy that it's happening is what I'd say. Definitely. No. And it's good. Like I like some of the positive changes that are happening in society where we're like looking at what if this offends some people, what if this hurts some people, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's no need to like um, glorify those situations. It's Mm -hmm. just a new change. And it's nice to like, think about the fact that, it's being recognized now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. But the problem that I'm also seeing with the team name change is that now people are attacking one another on social media, which unnecessary. <laughs> like I, yeah. Like, why are they doing this? The Blah, blah, blah. And like, you're an idiot for thinking like, dude, relax. Like <laughs> it's done. Like they're not going <laughs> to, like the decision made. Pretty much. Do you think that you acting like an asshole online is going to be like, you know what? This guy on Twitter made a lot of valid points. Let me change my, no, what? let's bring it back. Change is hard, I guess, but it's the only constant in life. So people just need to get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I do recommend after the podcast, give the, go on YouTube, listen to the Edmonton and uh, uh, football t- club or yeah, I'll look into it. formerly Edmonton Eskimos uh, fight song. It's cheesy as hell. It is so fun to sing at games. I hope nice. they find a way of keeping it or revamping it in some way. I'm I'm so for it. That makes me think of something my dad's always said. Like, because you've had, like, fans booing the Canadian anthem or fans booing the American anthem in different stadiums and silly things like that. That, that shit it, needs to stop. 
Yeah, well, what he said was a good like solution to that ever happening is that every team have their own song, and you play both teams' songs before each game. It is. Uh, I I agree to that to a certain extent because then I just I don't or you be a fun like idea. A team game like it's an idea. Yeah, it would be fun. Is all. Yeah. Um. Just a random query for you. Um. Do you have a signature? Like, like, like a legit one, like, like a signature. Yeah, I like put a nice big X down. Really? No, I have my own signature. I worked on it when I was a kid. It's not like, you know, if I'm signing 25 things, number one to number 25 is probably going to look pretty goddamn different. But I do have like my signature for sure. If I'm doing it fancy. I don't have one. I have. I no. learned cursive in elementary school and it just kind of stayed like, that's it. Like I didn't yeah. learn to do anything fancy and like, I, hmm. I'll show you mine now. I know this is a podcast okay. and it's not worth like doing this, but for your sake, I want to show you what mine looks like. And it's, I, it has not changed in 26 years. And you can't see it because of my background. Perfect. Anyway, <laughs> hold it in front talk- of you. uh okay yeah that's not horrible or anything well, it's not Doesn't horrible like but it. it's clearly someone learned cursive in grade one and just held yeah. on to that right <laughs> and here i am i was thinking about the other day i saw a buddy just sign like a document and i was like that's a pretty dope signature goes, what does your look like i went it hasn't changed since i learned cursive <laughs> so like mine is pretty much hasn't changed since i learned cursive either like you look at some people's signatures and they're like what like what the fuck am i even looking at right now oh like my dad was like borderline calligraphy but but my mom's signature is also she learned cursive had nice handwriting and that stayed the same forever i uh me and crystal had a pretty i'll tell you a funny story it was actually something really lucky and cool that happened to us and afterwards maybe tell me what if you jogs anything in your memory like what's the luckiest thing that happened to you but we uh it's not necessarily the luckiest thing it's up there on the list though anyways we went uh got the opportunity to go meet the oilers during one of their like fan meetup days crystal got like a ticket from her boss at work at the time yeah it was like i don't know if you'd be in i don't know if you know anyone who likes the oilers but i have these two tickets to go do the meet and greet and so she was like yeah for sure so me and her got to go and we got to meet like darnell nurse and like uh koskinen and jason and cassian and a whole like basically the whole team mcdavid and dry said you had to get like a lottery a special ticket to go see them so we didn't get to meet the two stars but nugent hopkins and all like nice guys you know there was no signatures allowed but you got to like talk to them for a minute and shake their hands take pictures with them kind of thing yeah obviously pre-pandemic this happened like i think in january before it started in march so we kind of like snuck in there and got to do that before it was like unheard of right yeah yeah. but we got when we were there after we'd met a few oilers you got like handed a ticket when you got w- walked in and it was for like a free prize everybody got a prize of some kind awesome. and so we open it up and hers says uh hockey stick and so then i'm like well that's cool like assuming it'd be like a sweet little plastic hockey stick to take home so it's like sweet cool souvenir so i opened up mine too and i was like oh i got the stick too sweet so we went like to go collect them and the woman's like okay would you like a game used 
signed stick by this player, this player, this player, not any of our top players, or would you like a team signed stick that wasn't game used? And I was like, uh, let's go with team signed. So she freaking hands me over like a full-sized hockey stick that is signed by all of the Oilers. That's amazing. And so I'm like, holy shit. Like, and, and I'm like, Crystal was in the washroom when I went to claim mine. So I'm like, baby, like, you got to go now. Like, go, go get your stick. Like, and so she walks over and same thing. She hands them her ticket and they hand over a team signed stick. So we got freaking not one, but two team signed stick. I got the left and she got the right so that we could have like one of each angle facing hanging up on our wall. That's awesome. But we saw only one other person with a stick that night. And then the top prize was like a um, team jersey, I believe. Some woman had won free Cineplex Odeon for two years and tried to trade us for one of the sticks. And we were like, nah, I think we're going to hang on to this thing. But it was just one of those moments where like we'd been having kind of a rough week. And then she got the random tickets. And then we go there and end up being like two of maybe 10 people who got these team signed sticks. You know, it's amazing how like the universe kind of helps you out in those little ways you know you oh know. man it, it was just a crazy experience and getting to meet all the people and like gene principe love him it was really cool to we got to sit down and talk with him i i got nothing but positive things to say about that guy he's yeah. really who, who, who was he your favorite like who was who was the standout meeting nurse was cool just like kind of squaring up with him a little bit and seeing like oh, okay yeah okay tough guy okay <laughs> you know uh, Hopkins, seconds. obviously Fernando Pisani was there and I got to hang out with him a little like you know just some of the others dating back to many years ago but um it was how were you like how were you like were you able to like keep your shit together or were you yeah well I didn't I was just kind of like hey hi huh thanks thanks for being like a oiler guy Uh, yeah like what do you say right like it's an awkward moment when you're like I watch I watch you every single time you're on tv man thanks well, you can... i just said thanks to them most of the time i was like thanks man like i actually got i talked to a couple of them a little bit more i was like how's it going you having fun doing this and they're like yeah yeah it's, it's all good because <laughs> you're sitting there you're like it's like a zoo right you're yeah. walking around and you're like "Ooh, you point at them and look at them you go get in the line and maybe you can pet them by holding their hand <laughs> yes it's like it's, it must be so hard to be a celebrity um for sure a time i was lucky like I, I know, like I told you, I got to meet Kevin Smith, but I don't think I told you, like, how I was able to do that. Yeah. So, um, you know that Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman have a podcast called Hollywood Babylon, right? Yeah. So, Ralph Garman uh, used to be a radio DJ in L.A., and then they did these huge budget cuts and ended up laying them off or firing them, depends on who you talk to, I guess, and uh, <laughs> ended up starting a... Um, ended up starting his own little podcast. And so what uh, in that it was on Patreon. So if you spent like 20 bucks a month, you became um, you got free shit in the mail quarterly. Uh, you got free access to all, all of the extra content that he had. And, um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah. And the other thing is, once a once a month, he'll call uh, one of the four star uh, four star generals is what we were called, Garmy generals, uh, for a conversation. Right. And so I think it was like a list of five guys for the month, and I was one of them. Sick. So I got to like have a conversation with the guy, and I was a little bit like, 
I, I get starstruck. If I think you're great, like I get a little bit like, oh man. <laughs> and I, it was, a, and uh, I just, it was a nice like moment. I talked to him about like just a few things. And then uh, he dropped, he told me that Hollywood Babylon was going to come to Edmonton. Yeah. Ooh. Like I just told him like, well, you have my money already. Like I'm already buying tickets. He goes, well, that's great. Well, if you come to the show, uh, send me an email uh, here at this email address. Yeah. And uh, we'll arrange for you to come backstage. I went, wow. No, that's so cool. Fucking way. That, that, uh, and so I bought two tickets and uh, I was ready to go. And then one day, one night, I'm coming home from work and uh, the edge, no, no, what's it called? The, the bear had a, uh, if you know the name of the, the movie, call in and we'll give you tickets to the Hollywood Babylon show. And right. they did the, they described Zach and Miri make a porno. So I called and, I, and they actually, like, I actually got through and they're like, do you know the answer? I'm like, Zach and Miri made a por- make a porno. They're like, yeah, you, congratulations. You got it. I'm like, fuck yeah. So now I have four tickets. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I gave two tickets to uh, my my buddies, uh, Josh and Mark, avid listeners of the podcast. What's up, Josh and Mark? You're amazing. Also <laughs> of uh, Kevin and McAllister's, uh, writers of our theme, uh, performers of our theme song. And I took um, girlfriend at the time, uh, Bailey. Yeah. And then I got, then we got to go backstage and it was just like the coolest thing, but like to have that moment and just like to trip and fall on a chance to meet Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman was super awesome. And then I get to bring like my friends along with me. Like they kind of knew like this was like for me, but like, yeah, yeah come all along on this cool thing. Like it was amazing. It's great when you have people to share with and also witnesses. Yeah. Also <laughs> witnesses. So yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, I don't think I was going through like a rough time or anything. Yeah. But it was a really fucking cool thing that it's happened. It's just to me. wicked when the universe opens up and kind of like is like, hey, you know what? You you deserve this. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that you're an avid hockey fan. Did you ever play? Yeah, lots nonstop when I was a kid in the driveway. Yeah, but like in a league on like a no, honestly, like Josh had big aspirations to do that. And yeah. he, we just, it wasn't in the budget kind of thing for us yeah, growing up. A... Like most sports are expensive. Hockey is the most expensive. Yes. There's programs that you can get into it, but it wasn't like growing up with it, like in a single parent home, there's just not the time for that. Yeah. So what were your weekends like growing up? Uh, well, we did a lot of like, hanging around the house watching tv in the yard yeah. hanging out with friends you know what i mean like yeah i would often be like as a kid we were out 24 7 never in the house you know what i mean we, yeah. we had our curfew we had to be home by and that was the, when we were home but i would say like just living life you know yeah. no sports i didn't play sports at all like not at all yeah if you could go back in time and just like take money you had and put it towards a sport would you have played hockey or do you think you would have what would you have i would played have played hockey game? probably yeah 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 definitely i probably would have like easily have been a star possibly yeah. like mcdavid gretzky level i believe fine i yeah <laughs> i don't doubt it probably <laughs> probably would have been the pride of the family eh they probably would have like written a song about how good of a hockey player I was like stomp and Tom would have to move out of the way. There'd be a new hockey song. <laughs> it, would, it would have been a beautiful thing. 
but yeah, just it wasn't keep meant to be. yourself on the back, man. That's all it is. <laughs> keep doing that. No, um, it's funny. Like, I love sports and I've always loved hockey and like martial arts and stuff like that. I got the. I got to train in martial arts later on in life when I wasn't after I was a kid, but yeah, that kind of stuff is fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, like I grew up doing it. It was time consuming, but fun, but also yeah. like the hours, like, especially when you were a young kid, it was yeah. so hard on like parents. So I, I remember when I was like nine, we couldn't get like ice to practice. Cause like ice around like my area is like, there's a couple of ranks, but it's like a hot commodity and it's expensive. So yeah. what a parent, found out is if you go to this town that's like an hour away on sunday mornings it's super cheap so we would have hockey practice sunday morning 7 a.m every sunday not a game 7 a.m sunday morning hockey practice an hour away that's funny that's intense uh, the commitment right oh yeah uh so sparky was living with us at the time and he had one of those single bench pickup trucks so instead of, you know, having my equipment in a nice warm car driving an hour, we would go in minus 30, minus 35 weather, my, my equipment in the bed of his truck driving for an hour at six in the morning or five 30 in the morning to go to hockey practice. And I would get to the rink. My equipment would be frozen fucking solid. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I needed to get there extra earlier to give the, my equipment like defrost time it was so cold <laughs> i had to like keep like my under like the the clothes i wore under my equipment with yeah. me in the truck and then the bag <laughs> it was unreal that's awesome yeah what great memories though like to have that every sunday and like what structure it probably gave you in your life of knowing like how to be structured you know what i mean you'd think it would but I'm really good at if I have shit to do in a day, nothing really stops me from like getting yeah. that done. But like, I'm also really good at procrastinating. So like on that point, do you think it structure fucked you a little bit because you were too structured as a kid? And then when you grew up, you were like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to be told where I have to be when I have to be there. I want to like be a free bird. Um, do you think that impacted you in that I way? Yes, a little bit. I mean, like it teaches like, like that stuff. Like if you're going to go to a job, you got to be like, on time and all that stuff like so there, like there's that there's that like yeah things that instilled with me like i hate being late for work rushing for to sure. work is one of the things i loathe in my like life <laughs> so i like always try to be like 15 to 10 minutes early no matter what so i definitely because so, then like it's just like a stress i don't have just like oh my god i gotta fucking be there fucking be there like you gotta why aren't you there yet like that kind of thing yeah i feel like myself i'm like at least at the five-year mark for the last time I was late. And in the last 10 years, I think I've been late twice. Yeah. And it was like extenuating circumstances. Yeah, and, that's without, and like 98% of that time was without a license and without a car I drove myself. Yeah, I always got to work on time. So when people are like, uh, they can't get to work on time, like, fuck off. That's bullshit. If I yeah. can do it, you can do it. Don't feed yeah. me your bullshit. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. No, for sure. For sure. But I, I have like fond memories of like hockey and like growing up. Like my dad arranged it. So we went to Lake Placid in February for uh, like a hockey, not even a tournament, but it was just like a, a, a series of exhibition games against American teams. And then yeah. we got to do it where like Miracle on Ice happened. 
So like okay. the team US beat the Russians and all yeah. that stuff. That's I got cool. to skate on that ice. I got to play hockey there. And like we went to go skiing uh, uh, at the Olympic Hills. I went bobsledding there for like, I did like a run and that was unbelievable. That's cool super sport, neat. By the way, bobsledding. It is pretty interesting. I'd love to try it once. Yeah. But like, like these things and like that sports brought me to is just unreal. And I have so many different like hockey stories. I'd love to like share with you some stuff like cause some like are funny. Some are like, I can't believe this shit fucking happened. Like, I'll, I'll give you one. <laughs> uh, we're in a hockey tournament in uh, Buckingham, Quebec. Or no, sorry, in Messina, New York. And we were running late. But um, on the way one of the our coach who was driving the, the brunt of the kids over to the game got into a car accident right and he kind of just told the guy like listen here's my phone number here's where i'm going to be i have to get these kids to a game right now so if you can just like meet me there and we'll just work this whole thing out <laughs> and he just drove off that's awesome so we're playing in the game he's coaching two cops come behind the bench <laughs> and he's just like i'll be right with you hey change up <laughs> just still running <laughs> and he worked everything out he goes like listen it was an accident but i told i told i gave him my information i gave him a quick thing yeah that's not a hit was. and run like it wasn't a hit and run it was just it no. was a, a hit and i really had to go <laughs> really sorry about this but i'm not like and like everything yeah. worked out but it was just that's so funny, funny. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty hilarious when you witness things like that in life. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. So I, I this week I kind of compiled a little bit of a list of questions I want to ask you. Shoot, man, I got you. It's just weird little ones that are kind of funny. And so do you use a top sheet? Yes and no. Uh, I have one. And in yeah. winter, I use it. Summer, it goes. It's either the only thing I use as a blanket or or I alternate. So like yes and no. Fair enough. So like Crystal, she fucking hates top sheets, but I've won this argument. We have a top sheet. We use it. I take really good care of my sheets because I believe having a good sleep is like super important for me, especially to be a productive member of society. So I like take care of my bed like I take care of my feet very well, like meticulously. As we learned on the Jen episode, you're cranky in the morning. I'm Just a fucking crank pot in the mornings. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to kind of lead into this cause it's June. And I think I've told you about my June and how many birthdays there is, but there's like eight major birthdays and it's ridiculous and mm -hmm. it's just so crazy and so busy and everybody has their own way that they like to celebrate their birthday. What is your like ideal birthday celebration or you're like, what do you do? Like something that you like to do every year if you can. Honestly, man, I just like being around the people I care about. Uh, yeah. like, uh, that is my big thing. It's just anyone specifically. Um, I mean, I can go through the list um, of like, like Marty, Christy, Morgan, uh, Hogan, fucking, I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to leave people out if I do this. And yeah, you don't want to forget people. So I, yeah, I'm, like whatever. you're putting me on the spot here. Like yeah. I have a list, like there's just people that if you've came into my life and impacted me, I want you there. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, and that, I feel about that in any city I've lived in. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to leave people out in this, but because, like, I also lived in Edmonton for a while and didn't have the, these are my Montreal people and my closest, yeah. dearest friends. But like, there were years where I couldn't just have them there willy nilly, right? So makes sense. So, but like, as long as like I hold you dear and you're around, 
I'm fucking happy. Doesn't matter what you're doing. No, we no, can be drive going party. for at a bar. We could have a cookout. We could do, we could do, honestly, we can do anything. But yeah. I, I just want to be surrounded by people I care about. Okay. That's a really good answer for sure. Yeah. I can appreciate that. You? Are you rather particular with what you do with your birthday? <laughs> well, since I was probably 19 years old, it's get drunk with my best friend. It's got to happen. We celebrate each other's birthdays. Even if we miss the date, we make a point of specifically drinking a shitload of whiskey for that other person's birthday. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Obviously partying with like Crystal and Kieran and all of my closest circle of friends, Dwayne, when he can make it, Mo, when he can make it, anybody like that's dear to me in my life as well. Like you said, family mm-hmm. members, Josh, Jen, my dad, of course, like mm-hmm. Doreen and anybody that can make it out kind of thing. But that's you pretty much my yearly tradition. And I've been blessed. Like, I believe probably five out of the last seven years, Comic-Con happened in Edmonton, Edmonton Expo happens to fall on my birthday weekend. Oh, perfect. And so I've, I've gotten to meet like Captain Kirk on my birthday, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Just little things like that. Like it's kind of become our tradition. It just, that's the weekend they chose to make it and they adjust it every year. So it's either like, it always falls in my birthday week. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Next one. Yeah. You can only eat one food for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? And I'm saying like one meal. One meal. That's it. Day in, day out. That's your meal at nighttime. What the fuck are you eating? Okay. Um, Surf and turf. Yeah. Because it's also a vague kind of term. So as long as it's beef and a various (laughs) kind of shellfish, I'll I'll alternate. But yeah, that's fair. I like say pizza. I, I my pizza was kind of mine because you can make it in so many different ways. Yeah. Like there's a billion different types and kinds and doughs and sauces, and you could eat that every night probably and not get sick of it. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing, if it's like more meal specific, where it's like one thing, it's probably going to be shepherd's pie. Really? Yeah, I love that shit, man. Shepherd's it's so pie good. for me is something that's just starting to come back into my my life. I, yeah. Uh, I remember when I went away for school where I met Marty, um, they abused making shepherd's pie. It, it, it like <laughs> the school's like first year running and like they hired these women to do like dinners and stuff for us. But like the budget was yeah. nothing. And so they would just keep making shepherd's pie all the time. And I was just That's like, awesome. you need to fucking stop with this, please. But then like, like- I got into like fancier stuff. Like you can get like, shredded lamb meat and then make it like the irish way and all that stuff and that's pretty yeah i prefer like just like hamburger cooked in like a beef kind of gravy-ish kind of sauce cream corn with some regular fresh corn no other veggies mashed potatoes slap some cheese on that bitch bake it in the oven i'm all i'll eat that like 47 days in a row if i had it and not get sick of it damn good anywho on to the next one what would you suggest would be the top three ways that you deal with stress when you're like just stressed? What do you do? to? Uh, I would say like my main thing would basically be uh, first thing is I take a deep breath. Um, I yeah. also got to figure out what it is that's stressing me out because mm-hmm. like if it's like a work thing, I don't really care sometimes. Like I like I, I, it makes it sound like I'm a shitty worker and I'm not a shitty worker. It's just <laughs> There's certain things at work that aren't in your control. And in my experience, sometimes you just got to let it happen. Like, yeah, that's important. I understand what you mean. 
I, honestly, like, I I got into a point where uh, there's certain jobs that you people want you to be committed to the job and all this stuff, and you work hard for it. But then all of a sudden, you see other people that are doing the exact same job as you, and they're not working as hard as you. But you're still making the same amount of money, and you just go like, "Well, this isn't right." And then yeah, also, I've had I to realize, deal with a lot of that. Yeah, and I also realize how easily replaced I am. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. So, like, work stuff, I can just take a deep breath and just be like, well, some, I guess shit's going to hit the fan today and just move about my life. Like, it's just kind of like, but I'm actually kind of good with dealing with stress, I think. Like, yeah. Like, the, my dad kind of taught me how to like problem solve and all that stuff. I wish he kind of was still around because whenever I do have a problem, I would go to him and be like, all right, this is the problem. I don't know how to solve this. And he was really good at like, all right, well, first and foremost, you fucked up. Right. But this is how we solve the problem. But for the most part, I find if you just take a deep breath and kind of calm yourself down, things aren't always as bad as they seem. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I guess I'm pretty good with stress. Yeah. You? Do you use like for me like example like if I ha- if I feel stressed out I'll, I'll put some music on maybe sing start singing along and after like a half an hour I'm like belting out lyrics and I just feel great things like that or like watching beloved TV shows that are you know, like you had a stressful day and you're like you know what? I need to unwind even meditation like I doing years of kung fu I learned a lot of different styles of meditation that can help you kind of like center yourself too which is like taking a deep breath literally is what meditation is right yeah. So. I think laughter helps laughter. Yeah. Like, so like I'll start, like I'll either watch something that would make me laugh or, or, um, you know, try joking around and seeing like, like, uh, like if I can get riffing with somebody, eventually someone's going to get me going and laughing and all that stuff. So laughter kind of helps. Um, but also like you, you just have to put on music. It used to be that for me. Yeah. Um, but now it's silence. Like there are times where like, I've had like a shitstorm of a day and I'll just turn the radio off and I'll just kind of sit quietly for just like, and I think I'm getting to that age for just like loud noises <laughs> irritate me. I'm just like, I can relate to that a little bit. There's something to be said about sitting in silence to come to be alone with your thoughts. Just like you said, problem solve ultimately. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, that was some good answers. Thank you. What's next one. What's your most hated chore? um washing the dishes by hand <laughs> i fucking hate that yeah that's totally i will clean a toilet for like a pile of di- like when i lived alone i didn't have like a washing machine and then like i came back home to visit one time and i was just like don't worry i got the dishes and i was just placing <laughs> them into the machine and just like this is amazing. like washing the dishes by hand i fucking can't stand that's fair not many people. Well, I do know people who like it, but it's a weird thing. No. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about this and you cook. What's your like specialty? What's the thing you cook that like people remember that you cook or what if you were going to make a meal for like to impress a new lady in your life or something like that? What would you cook for them? Those are different questions. Um, <laughs> my specialty <laughs> is uh, I make a bomb ass chili. Um, it's on the spicier side of things. I yeah. shared it with like coworker and stuff. People tend to really like like my chili and my spaghetti sauce is pretty dope too. Okay, but if I was uh, gonna try and impress someone, I would try and do like a, a roast, or I will, if I have a barbecue, I will like grill something up and like make some nice side dishes and stuff like that. Nice. 
I'd say my go-to is my pizza. I often yeah. make like, if I can make pizza, like how I want it and the people that are eating it enjoy spicy food, I like to make like a super spicy chicken pizza with like peppers and uh, caramelized onions underneath with the sauce. And yeah, yeah. I make a pretty mean pizza dough and people seem to like it when I cook it. So one of those things are okay. panzerottis too. I'll use my pizza dough to make those as like an appetizer for people before the pizza comes out, depending nice. on how big the crowd is. So those are like just recipes I've kind of stolen from like my mom over the years and then just, yeah. but also I had like a little Thomas twist to it. And then people tend to enjoy that as well. Definitely. Like, I had a weird like experience with growing up because my dad was like, he cooked so we could eat. Yes. He wasn't a chef by any means, but you know, there were certain meals that he made for us. He had three kids. He had to be like smart with money, smart with groceries. So he had his like staples where we kind of ate like hamburger helper and, yeah, yeah. you know, like homemade French fries with some form of meat. And he was no chef. That's for sure. And then when yeah. he got together with my now stepmother Doreen, she was like a legit chef. So things changed a little oh, yeah. bit, but like, I still, I'm really good when it comes to being in a kitchen when you're like, don't have a lot to choose from when it comes to ingredients and still mm -hmm. making a meal out of it. Like if I had 40 bucks, I could probably feed two or three people for two weeks on that 40 bucks. If I had like a couple staples in the house, like flour and like to cook yeah. with, I'm pretty skilled in that way. And like when I have an unlimited budget to make something, I'll go overboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's certain things like I always need in the house. Like, like if I always have like a fair amount of spices and noodles, or yeah. if I have like just rice handy or something like that, I can probably whip something together. And like, did you learn that when I was living on my on my own? Like, there were meals like I would just make for myself of just like, this is you you want a budget this week, man. This is like this yeah. is what we're eating. Oh, same was true with me for sure. A few tight times or like that's kind of how my pizza dough developed because we used to drunkenly order breadsticks from Roadrunner Pizza here in Edmonton mm -hmm. and come with like a little thing of sauce and some breadsticks and with garlic on them. And one night we were like, fuck, we don't, <laughs> we're broke. And I was like, hey, there's some cookbooks here. Let me have a look. And so I looked up a dough recipe like, fuck it. I ain't got nothing to lose. Checked, yeah. had all the ingredients, whipped it up. And just put garlic and butter on the top of them. And everyone was like, holy fuck, these are so good. And I, was, I got the reaction. I was like, oh, shit, they are good. So then every time we got drunk, Sean had to make his garlic breadsticks at the end of the night. And then it evolved as like the jobs got better and life stabilized. It's like I can actually put toppings on this shit. That's awesome. I, yeah. uh, I knew a guy uh, named Sammy, this really cool Italian guy. I haven't seen him in years. But uh, I used to play poker with him at his place and he had like this dope bachelor pad and all that stuff. And he would always have like, yeah. I was like, as long as you brought the booze, he'll like whip you up some food or something like he made it an evening. Like he, for sure. He would, he would I like to try to him. do that. Yeah, he would make it fun for everybody. So uh, this one night we're playing cards and we're all like, you know, we all got a foot in the hole. We're having a couple beverages and all that stuff. He goes like, you guys hungry? And like, like he's bombed. We're all bombed. Like, there's yeah, sure. Like, we you guys want pizza? And like, yeah sure and then he made a pizza not 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 like a frozen one didn't order it in yeah he made a pizza and then the next sounds morning like the, the, sorry sounds like me oh yeah i'm that guy yeah, yeah. yeah and he made he made a pizza in the next morning we wake up at his place and he sees like the remnants of making a pizza last night and he goes like who who cooked Sammy, fucking you did. It's your house. Was, What'd I make? Like, dude, you made a pizza from like scratch. 
I've never done that before. And it was awesome. Like it was like really wow. good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's funny. I that's one thing I can say about making pizza is the only thing that I get like slack for when it comes to making a pizza is that I trash the fucking kitchen. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you can't, yeah, it, it comes with the territory. You're gonna trash have you ever thing. met an artist though who doesn't dirty his canvas? Like, no. come on now. No, you have to. You gotta get a. You gotta crack a, <laughs> crack a few eggs to make an omelet. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, last question: What would you say in recent memory or distant memory? What's the best present you ever got? Ooh, really good question. Um, so I remember getting. I don't know if it's Christmas or my birthday, but I got like the Millennium Falcon. Like it was like this big and the press buttons and the lights would go on it would make the sounds of going into light speed and it like it was fucking cool i i played with that shit to the ground because i would like crash it into things i was just like play with it so yeah i think the millennium falcon toy was like one of the coolest like gifts i've ever received yeah that's pretty sweet yeah you i i gotta go back to the star trek uniform i don't know what else to say that was fucking sick yeah (laughs) it's hard to top that one that's dope. Do you have any like guilty pleasures, like things that you, you love, but you kind of like keep secret? Of course, several of them, hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me a couple of examples. Okay, well, like if we're talking guilty pleasure, like I'm gonna buy it for myself. Other people might not understand why I would buy it for myself, and yeah. I try not to tell Crystal all of the things of which I buy for myself in this field, but that I always do tell her about is would that qualify? Yes. Being a coin collector. Yeah, that's all right. People don't understand that shit. Cause you're like, I'll get something in my change, you know, that's pre 1967 have containing silver in it in Canadian currency. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Oh my God. And it's like, people like, it's like, it's a fucking quarter man. Like, I'm like, no, but look, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. I look at that kind of thing and I don't have anything like super valuable where you're like, this is a $10,000 coin that I'm holding made of pure gold. Nothing like that. But to me, it's like the history. Like I have a, one of my older ones is a one quarter of a cent British coin. And it's from like 1722. And it's like, where's that coin been? What did that coin get spent on? How many people held it? Was it like, in this town, that town, how did it get to Canada? Who carried it in their pocket? Because it got here somehow at some point. You know what I mean? And it's just the thought of that is what intrigues me about it. So, like, my guilty pleasure is getting something stupid and simple like that, where it just makes me feel good because I'm like, cool. Yeah. So, so you're like super into like the history of all that stuff too. Like exactly. Just, yeah. My my guilty pleasure is a little bit more simple. Like I, I'm really into Miley Cyrus. I really like her music. Do you? I think she's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, I know they're kind of different. I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm a fan, but she keeps on putting out songs, and I keep on going like they aren't bad. <laughs> I feel like this is a deep question. Were you also a Hannah Montana kid? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. Like, okay. I, didn't do... I thought maybe you grew up into it and I've never seen an episode. But like, I heard like one song on the radio, like um, "Party in the USA." I fucking love that song. Yeah. And this like from information, there, like with like what from, you just told me, it kind of came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah, that song. <laughs> I fucking love that song. It is. You know what? 
I'm going to share this with you because you really like open yourself up here. I fucking like her too. Yeah, she's Man, so good. <laughs> do you know Jolene? Yes. Like the backyard tapes that you can find on YouTube where she yeah. sings the song yeah, Jolene. She, where she covers Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah. She... And the other one, uh, look what they've done to my brain. My... Yeah. You know that? Sick man, she yeah, nailed that. She's shit so to the talented, wall. and like, there's talk of her doing like a Metallica cover album. Crazy. And I gotta tell you, I'm really stoked about that. You, know, she's like a hell of a musician. Yeah. Like, I I really like her too, and it's funny that you're bringing this up. Like, I don't know if you know. Do you know like it's called the Twinkle Song? Uh, not off the top of my. So head, she no. does a performance of it on Saturday Night Live, okay. and when I realized what it was about, I legit teared up. Like, really, I eh? didn't they're like floodgates she is like a song about losing a dog or a cat like it's like an animal dying song and yeah. it's just raw emotion and it's like it's beautiful it's like that was like one of the first things kieran was really into her when uh listening to like jolene and the backyard tapes those yeah. sessions he loved that but then he got me into it a little bit and then i found that one on my own and it's just like so powerful like you got to listen to that song twinkle song and like are you like a pet guy? Do you love your animals? Like we never really talked a whole lot about dogs and cats and stuff. How does Thomas feel about dogs and cats? Oh, I'm a dog guy. My mom has uh, two. I love them very much. Yeah. They're fur balls. And I mean, like I, I would love to have dogs of my own one day, but also like I'm also not going to take on dogs unless I'm ready to commit to dogs. And yeah. I'm still like single in like 31. I don't want to be like, I don't know. I don't want to be out with people going like, hold on, guys, I got to go home and take care of the dog. Like, I just yeah. I don't have it in me to do that right now. Like if For I sure. had like a if I was settled down and in a family, then, yeah, absolutely. But I'm not. OK. Did you have a childhood dog growing up? No, we didn't get dogs like we tried to get we adopted a dog named Jake from right. this guy. But this dog was so high energy and we were doing sports all the time. We were like we fostered him for like a little while and we had to give him to somebody else because we just we were always busy. We couldn't give a dog yeah. a proper attention. Like we had hockey. Michelle and I were both in hockey. I played football and baseball. And then like as a kid, uh, Michelle played soccer. Um, like we were always busy as kids. We always had something mm. on the go. We didn't have the time to properly love a dog. That's fair. Yeah. It was funny, like, I wanted a dog so bad when I was a kid, and my dad was always like, nope, it's too much, we don't have time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up having to take care of it all, like, I don't have the time to deal with it, and that all changed when uh, we moved to Lloydminster when I was 12, Yeah, and it was in, during the summertime, he moved up there for a job, uh, the economy was a little tight in Edmonton at the time, so he found work, uh, working for Nelson Lumber up there. And uh, we moved up there and he knew he was going to be gone all summer. He was going to be working every day. So he's like, you know what, Sean, like, I'm going to get you a dog. And I was like, oh, man, I was like so excited. And so we went uh, to the SPCA. It was kind of like in the country and walk in. And my dad had pre-called them and said, do you guys have like any medium sized dogs? And they were like, yeah, we do. We have lots. So we go out there. They're like, we have one dog. One dog. That's all you take him or leave him. We only have one dog. So I go in there and my dad's like, well, look, you want to take him for a walk? And I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I've never had a dog before. I don't know how to. Do so I took Snowball out. Snowball was his name. Mm -hmm. Walked him around. I like kind of looked at him. He had he was like had he was so thick and he had like mats the size of my fist all over him. Like he was just completely not very well taken care of. You could just mm -hmm. tell. And so I looked him in the eyes and was like, hey, like, hey, man, like you want to be my dog 
Mm-hmm. And he was like wagging his tail and happy. So I went back and my dad's like, so you want him? And I was like, yeah, like hundred percent. This is the only dog in Vietnam fucking taking this dog. So we get That's him awesome. home like a couple days later, we're like, we given him a bath, but his mats were just so bad. And this lady that lived across from us, really sweet lady. She was like, Hey, like I'm a dog groomer. I do it for a profession. Let me take this dog in and I'll get him cleaned up for you guys. So we're, we're like, yeah, sure. So they, she takes him. He comes back that night and I'm like, that's not my dog. What did you do with my dog? Where's my dog? He was this like small little guy with like, she left hair in his ears so she could put uh, blue bows in his ears and like probably shrunk in half in size because of how big the mats were on him. And he was so happy. And I love that dog. He was my best friend. Like I spent every day, day in day with him. Like I've told you a little bit about my childhood, how it was pretty rough at times he was my best friend and he was my only friend for a lot of different time periods when we moved around. Mm-hmm. And I like, I had him from the time I was 12 till I was 24 and he was two when I got him mm-hmm. best fucking thing ever. One yeah. more quick story while we're on the topic. Cause it's funny. He ran away all the time when we first got him, he'd like get out and we'd have to fucking chase him down all over the neighborhood. And then one day Josh left for work in the morning. He'd moved up there and was doing landscaping. He left in the morning and the dog ran out behind him and he didn't notice. So I came home from school and was like, where the fuck is my dog? Mm -hmm. Like freaking out. So I call the SPCA, I call everywhere. And someone had called in and said they were at, he was at their house. So I walked to their house. It was like 15 blocks away from my house. Turns out that's where his former owners had lived. And he was trying to get home. All the times he ran away, he was trying to get back to his old owners who got rid of him. Oh, well, shit, they, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, they had moved or passed away. I don't really know the story. I'm assuming it was like an older couple that owned him and they passed away. And so their kids kind of gave the dog up for adoption. And a new family had moved into this house. When I walked through that gate, that was when he became my dog. Because yeah. he was like, man, you came back for me. You found, you fought for me. You found me. And like, mm-hmm. he never ran away ever again, except for tea garbage in the alleys when he got out of the gate. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was a fucking garbage can and would yeah. eat anything. Oh, that's cute. That's a good story. But yeah. Dogs, dogs are the shiznit. That's awesome. Um, was there other, like, when you were like, being like the youngest and a lot of stuff, is there things that you kind of like gotten away with? that you're still kind of proud of today (laughs) oh yeah well like josh and jen i've said this before on the podcast they wore my dad out they were like bad teenagers (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna listen to this and be like fuck you sean but yeah like by the time i didn't even have like i fought with my dad a little bit about getting a tv in my room and he was like if you pay for it you can have whatever you want so i was working like from the time i was 14 the second i could get a job i got a job And I immediately bought a TV, bought like a $200 VCR the last minute that VCRs were still a thing that you could like go buy in a store. Like what kind of idiot spends $200 on a VCR? This guy. But it was like, uh, and I got to put a couch in my room and I just, I was living the high life and Josh and Jen came home and they saw like the living situation and we're just like what the hell like we weren't even allowed a radio in our rooms we had to play tapes in the living room to make sure we weren't listening to shit we weren't supposed to listen to and (laughs) now you have a goddamn tv in your room you do whatever the hell you want and i i I say that it's because they wore them down that's awesome i was uh, the only things like i got away with like were certain things in school like i got away with not reading the books and just being able to just speak confidently and no one ever was the wiser 
or um <laughs> like grade nine biology i i cheated so often like it was because like the, the teacher we had was a little bit oblivious and like i remember one time like i just didn't study and i went to a buddy next to me and i literally grabbed the test that he had and i just tried down his answers and gave it back and it was just fine he was looking at me like what the fuck are you doing and i just kind of like i didn't communicate it i just did it and it was just yeah yeah like that's it was a lot of stuff i didn't like schooling was a tricky one with me because i didn't i don't know it was just a different a- time attend. i don't know what to say about it what's that <laughs> attend <laughs> <laughs> school was fun yeah yeah go to school kids learn yeah um so i've been like living in montreal for like the last year now and like one of the things about makes montreal cool is like there's a whole big like graffiti scene have you ever seen anyone do graffiti in your entire life like actually doing it yeah no neither have i and i have driven at ungodly hours in the night and (laughs) it's now a goal of mine to just kind of see it happen because they're like you know, when you drive on the highway, they'll have like the highway exit signs. And like, there are yeah. people that are tagging the back of those. So that means that they climb up <laughs> on the side, climb across, and then tag yeah. it. And none of these people they're, are being fucking seen. I really very, want very sneaky. Yeah. I think that's the, like, the new form of ninja right now. Pretty much. I've known a couple of people like in my past when I was younger who were taggers who did like, their own special form of art but i never went out with them because i was like if my fucking dad catches me with you and you're fucking vandalizing their spray painting shit i'm a dead man yeah (laughs) it's not even that it's not even just like knowing someone who did it or being a part of it yeah i just want to see it happen i think it's crazy to me to live in a city like this and i have never seen it happen ever in my life I think it's well, they're ridiculous. like smart, right? They like wear black and go in the dark of night to drive. But like the, like you said, the traffic sign ones are impressive. That's like a lot of balls. Yeah, it's just it's so impressive to me. And I, I keep asking people, like, have you ever witnessed this, or have you ever seen anyone do? It? No, like they're like ninjas. They're in, they're out. Then they do a whole amazing mural. I don't get it, and I'm so impressed with these <laughs> people. I really like the the artists when it's like a big mural, but it pisses me off when people spray paint over a mural that someone's done you know what i mean like there's a an entire huge concrete wall where you can tag right beside where there's this beautiful mural and they like destroy the mural by tagging their little thing in front of it you know what i mean that bothers me a little bit yeah. it's like I, you're stomping on someone else's creation to create i, I don't care for that as much but i do yeah. like when like if i own a business in a popular area I would have like a plain wall, at least on one of the sidewalls and have spray painted on, please put graffiti on me just Mm -hmm. to try to generate like a scene in that area and give them a place to do it because it is art and it's beautiful to see. And there's some good ones around Edmonton, like the city as well. There's some good spots. Riding the LRT when I was a kid, there was like a lot of it's been taken down now, but there was like a whole section of track where it was all like Disney characters and like really cool spray painted things on all the buildings around Northlands. And it was, yeah. it was a cool site. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the art, like of that as well. Just seeing like graffiti and all that stuff. Like some people do 
some really cool stuff. I do not care for the people that just like write fuck on the side of a highway or something like. Yeah. Do better. When I took, the, I told you about the bus trip I took to Ontario when I was uh, 13 years old, 52 mm-hmm. hour bus ride from here to Toronto by myself. Um, at one point along the way, like it really pissed me off seeing in Northern Ontario, the beautiful, beautiful landscape and all the cliffs and everything and seeing people spray painted all over the cliffs. I'm yeah, like, that's... you jackasses, like, why are you ruining that for everyone else? But then I would see people who would write their name in stones and take the time to like, and I was like, that's beautiful. That's how you like honor nature, but still leave your footprint is you're not fucking destroying something to leave your art behind. You know? Yeah. No, that's a good way of doing it. That's pretty very much it. like that. Yeah. Um, did you watch Tootsie yet? I did actually watch Tootsie. Yeah. It was a, a really like lighthearted, funny, funny movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the way that he was like, fuck you. You're like, you think I can? No one's going to hire me. Fine. I'll be a woman and I'll get hired. And yeah. it was like pre a lot of the like interesting things that have happened nowadays. And I don't know if you you would necessarily get away with making that movie today. Not that they were hurtful or disrespectful in any way while making the movie. But no. I just don't know that you could make that today. Yeah, no, exactly. But how'd you feel about Bill Murray in that movie? He was really dry and like I laughed out loud and a, a couple of times with his lines where it was just he was just an observer. It felt like, yeah, he was like kind of a really important to the main storyline because it was his play that he was trying to get like a cash flow for to produce. Mm-hmm. But he was just like the dry guy in the background, adding quips from time to time. It and we was, never see him funny. like that. No, I was surprised that that one like escaped me because I thought I'd seen most 80s Bill Murray's movies and I thought like I'd even possibly seen that movie, but I definitely hadn't seen it. So it was a, it was a fun watch. That's perfect. Was That's that slow. Phoebe's mom too? Um, the like blonde that his was his friend that ooh. he was that was Phoebe's mom, the actress who plays Phoebe's I, mom and friends, I, I believe. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just really recognized her. And I was like, where the hell is she from? And it came to me. But yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Did um, you uh, take my recommends by any chance? Your I recommends reckon- was to recommend something. <laughs> I we finished the podcast afterwards, and I'm like, was his recommendation was for me to give him a recommendation, and also it's my turn to give him See, a recommendation. In fairness to me, like I just assumed that because you hadn't seen Braveheart, you hadn't listened to the White Album or The Wall either, because it's just like that common, all of them. I just assumed you hadn't, but yeah, pie on my face for that one. Yeah. <laughs> you come in like, ah, oh, the Beatles. Have you ever heard of this band? Yeah, man, it's the Beatles. Of course I have. <laughs> um, but so I'm thinking we're gonna combine the two because. I don't have another recommendation for you, but I, I, I was going through like my little collection here and there's like certain CDs, like I'll, I still have. Um, and then there's albums I go back to. And I think the one I'm going to go with is um, cracked rear view by Hootie and the blowfish. Okay. Top to bottom. I do like some Hootie. Yeah. Top to bottom. Cracked rear window. Cracked. Uh, no cracked rear view. Oh, okay, review. Sorry. Okay, I'll check it out. Top to bottom, every song on it is awesome. Uh, it's music that'll put you in a good mood. There's songs about everything. Uh, they touch on race a little bit. Like it's just so good. Darius Rucker and the Boys and Who the Blowfish 
unreal band. I know Darius Rucker's doing his whole country thing now, but fuck yeah. that 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 album to me is just top to bottom amazing. Interesting. I will definitely give it a listen and it'll get back to you. Perfect. So that's my recommendation this week. Although you you kind of skipped last week due to the loop. I don't know if that's skipping. Recommending to recommend. It's a pretty good, like, I thought it was a great loophole. It's the, I, you caught me. I didn't prepare properly. So my recommendation is that you recommend something for me. But like, now that we're on the subject, like, is there an album that you absolutely love to this day, top to bottom, that like I should check out? I think like there's one in particular, given that it's like a really big storytelling, storytelling album. And like, I've told you about how much I love Bob Dylan and you appreciate his music too, from what I understand. So I wanted you to give uh, the times they are changing a listening. It's a little bit of a darker album. Like it has some really sad undertones to it. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the songs, but specifically, I believe it's the ninth song on the album. um, The Ballad of Hattie Carroll. It's like, it is racially charged too. It's about a black woman who got murdered by um, some white dudes in the U S and they handed them down a six month sentence or something like that. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And there's so much of that in that album that it was one of the first times that I got into Bob Dylan and it was pre-internet access. So when I, I wanted to know the lyrics to all of the songs. And so I had to sit there and listen to the album over and over again while I wrote out the lyrics because I really want I wanted to know them that bad. That's so and, awesome. Now yeah. now you can just like Google it on your phone or like I used to love exactly like, like when you would open up the CD case and you can just kind of kind of read the lyrics as you went along. I was really yeah. big into that. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. No, that was one of my albums. Like, and it always sticks with me if I'm going through tough times, good times, bad doesn't matter. Like, and those songs are every single song on that album I can sing from start to finish almost without needing to reference a lyric. That's awesome. That's <laughs> so I'd say I, it's... I was going to say, um, but, but before I change gears, because I actually want to talk more about Bob Dylan. So like Blood on the Tracks was always like my album. Like yeah. that, that's the one I love the most from him. Right. It was like, it album. has all my dad's favorite songs by him on it. And it's just, yeah. it's something I always carried on. From, it's a good good album for sure he's got a lot of different music for a lot of different phases or states in life yeah um now you you mentioned it before on the podcast and we never really delved deep on it but karaoke that's a thing for you right like that is a thing you enjoy doing i've uh dabbled from time to time yeah what's your go-to sitting on the dock of the bay that's the first one that comes to mind i like yeah. to sing it it's an easy song to sing and it's i like the soul behind it so when did you discover you would enjoy doing it? Like, there's got to be a story behind, like, the first time you did it. <laughs> I think it's honestly a Kieran moment. I can give him credit because he had rock band. Okay. And I was like, I'd sing behind the scenes. I would never sing in front of other people because I was too embarrassed and too shy. And after, like, 25 drinking nights where we had a house full of people and Kieran was, like, drunk as a whistle, singing fucking Michael Jackson beat it. And just having the time of his life and just, I like literally was sat there and was, I was, had a moment of clarity and was like, why aren't you singing too? You love to sing. Look at how much fucking fun he's having and look at how much fun everyone else is having because of how much fun he's having. So then I started playing rock band as well and singing along that it, 
the first time I ever actually got up on a stage to sing by myself, I had to get so drunk. Yeah. I could not do that sober. I got plastered to the point where, and I couldn't, I was like Jim Morrison. I couldn't look at the audience. I had to, I turned my back to the audience and had my eyes closed and started singing. And by the time I got halfway through, I was so drunk that I was going to fall over because my eyes had been closed. And then I opened them. I had no choice and face kind of faced the audience. And I realized people were like enjoying it and having fun. That's awesome. Loosen me up. And I still, I don't much do karaoke sober. I need a few good drinks in me, but it's fun to get the crowd going. And there's yeah, certain- I, I need a little bit of liquid courage. Like I've gone up and done it a few times. So the first time I ever did it, like I always kind of refuse. I have friends that are big in karaoke and like, I am really good at watching, but like I will get bombed at bars and I'll start singing along to the songs that you're singing anyway. Like that's like yeah. what I would do. I just wouldn't go on stage and do it. I would just like sit at the table and just like, sing along and then one time uh when i was in manitoba they had a karaoke night and i i was having a couple pops and i was i was well lubricated and uh guys singing inside out by eve six and i just like it's a song like i just child of the 90s it's a song i know yeah. i know it inside like, no pun intended but i know it inside out which song i don't recognize the name eve six inside out what's how does it go don't do this to me no i'm serious <laughs> i really don't know what song I'll, I'll give you i'll give you a clip after because i i'm not come gonna on, do it on sing the it for me turn it inside out find nothing but faith in nothing water for a tender heart in the blender walk the show down see i don't like have it like right now but it was that song and then i, like, I recognized it yeah, you can go fuck yourself for this, by the way. <laughs> so cheeky. Now this is forever on the internet. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> um, so because I was singing along with it at the bar, like right when the song began, uh, Buddy just pulled me yeah. on stage and like I ended up like taking the song from him. Nice. And then like I just realized how like fun it was. Like I like I yeah. like I'm not a good singer. Like no, no, no one will either. ever say that for me. No. But like I'll I'll have fun. I'll put on a little show for you. I remember I actually have a few fans. Yeah, that's good. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, it's uh, fun. They like the way I sing. I went to a bar in Edmonton for the life of me. I can't remember what it was called. It was in the middle of like bumfuck nowhere. Like I don't like I know it was still in Edmonton, but it wasn't like on like the main streets. Right. And they had a karaoke night. And like I was just dating this girl at the time and She's like, I want to do a song with you. And she was just like, Dashboard by the, the what is it, that Meat Love song, Dashboard. By the Paradise Light. Yeah, that one. She wanted to do that one. And like, like the, the guy running karaoke kind of like rolled his eyes like every couple wants to do this. And I just went like, maybe we shouldn't. Also, it's really long. <laughs> and then like she saw Patricia Stripper was there, like uh, uh, one of the songs. And um I knew that my dad is a big fan of that guy. He's huge in Montreal for the life of me. I can't remember his name. Dan, uh, no, that's not it. It's I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. I knew that song and she thought like she like knew music and the fact that I, I knew that song impressed her. And so like I started, we were supposed to be doing a duet for this one. And I just kind of took the spotlight, just <laughs> had fun. And I was doing like dance moves to it. Cause like, with the swing of her hips, she started to strip to tremendous applause. She took <laughs> off her draws. Like I was just going nuts, having a time. And nice. she was kind of like 
up there like next to me kind of just like watching me do it and she's just like all right maybe i've made a good decision (laughs) (laughs) yeah karaoke like shows your confidence yeah you know what i mean i find it funny like back to paradise by the dashboard light yeah that is one of kieran's and crystal's main songs that they sing together (laughs) so your best friend and your fiance sing that to each other oh we all have our own songs that we do independently with each other and with the other person so kieran and crystal paradise by the dashboard light they kill that song like it should you should see kieran he gets so fired up he like it's a really it's a fucking show and then me and kieran when we sing a song together it's forgot about dre and that just always closes down the bar i'm dr dre he's eminem yeah he still won't do it with me i want to do it as like a um like a frank sinatra style y'all know me still same old g with yeah. a pillow key you know yeah. like go into it like that but they won't yeah. do that with me but there's That's always awesome. those crossovers when he does uh paradise by the dashboard light wh- who's he is he meatloaf or is he the girl? he's meatloaf okay yeah i feel like yeah. he would have some fun with that and switch things up but all right no i got oh that. yeah it, it could go either way on any given night and he would kill it either way to be honest yeah. <laughs> um Karen's so- a performer oh is he Oh yeah. That's perfect. He puts on a show. I do too, but he puts on a damn good show. Yeah. So I, does Crystal. There are times if I'm bombed, like I will sing along to like anything or like if yeah. you put on Elton John, there like a buddy of mine was blaring Elton John in his car and it was just like me just singing along to Rocket Man, just having a time of my life. Ended up taking my phone and just filming me and then sending it to everybody on my Snapchat. So everyone's just seeing this for some reason nice it was embarrassing but at the same time fuck it was funny for a lot of a lot of people yeah why not it doesn't bother me like with music if it speaks to you speak back to it yeah (laughs) um last week we spoke about like fan names and uh one person uh commented on our instagram and i think it's the best one i kind of like it a lot um i like two siders i like uh two sides of stories but side pieces (laughs) <laughs> i think it's a pretty dope name someone else um actually they didn't comment on any of our social media but they messaged me personally and said that because our name is sides they were playing on like the sides of a meal and that they could be called the mashed potatoes it's not bad it's just and i thought it was kind of funny too but i definitely like the side it's, funny. it's creative my only concern with sides pieces is that it relates too closely to Reese's pieces. And I know you're not a fan. So I was like, I, I don't know. Those like side pieces <laughs> is just like everyone's our mistress. And I like that. I think that's hilarious. Also. Oh, I get it now. I yeah. didn't even get it until just now. I just thought of the Reese's piece thing. Sides oh, pieces. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Or another one. And I can't believe we didn't think of it sooner. Sidekicks. We're yeah. like we're like a nerdy podcast here. We talk about superheroes <laughs> weekly, and we didn't think That's of funny. sidekicks. Sometimes you just can't read what's written on the wall. I guess right. Yeah, but I <laughs> it would be the side. It would be the sides kicks, right? Yeah, sides kicks. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, but uh, I lean more towards sides pieces. To be honest, I think that's so fun. It's a tough one. We'll 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 put out a poll on the Facebook group and see what uh, <laughs> see what comes up. That's a good idea. Let the people speak for themselves, I guess. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so it was my turn to recommend. So obviously, question of the day. I know you did your rapid fire, but do you have anything you want to dig deep on for question of the day? I do. I do definitely have something I would like to dig into a little bit further. So 
what would you say is a perfect day? doesn't have to be like going to a hockey game like intense shit. I'm just like, what's a perfect day in Thomas's world where it's like, man, that was a good, good day. What's you know a perfect what? day? I had one of those days last week. Did you? Um, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine calls me up. He goes like, hey, it's my dad's birthday. We're going to go fishing. Do you want to come? Sean, I'm not a fisherman, but I like drinking beer on a boat. Yeah. So I'm like, for sure. Fuck it. Yeah. He goes like, listen, Tommy, like we covered the, like they chartered a boat for this whole thing. They're like, Tommy, listen, just if you, you got to get a fishing license and we'll cover the cost of this and you bring the beer. So I brought like 40 beers to this thing, filled the cooler with ice, 40 beers. We started drinking at like six 30 in the morning and then nice went fishing all morning and the water was choppy. Nobody caught anything except for a, uh, my buddy's brother jake well he's also my buddy too i don't mean to alienate him I, I love jake too he's a great guy and he caught two fishes and like but and the guy that took us out because we paid like money for this right well they did yeah it was just a tag along but um like he was kind of like upset like no one really caught anything but like the thing was is that we were all together like we we're all ripping jokes on each other like i was taking like a verbal abuse and, like anytime the boat seemed a little bit heavy to one side. Everyone like looked at me and I was just like, fuck, here we go. Just beat the dead horse. It's all point fingers of the fat guy. Assholes. But it was, but it was funny. And it was like, there's nothing yeah. better than a group of friends ripping on each other. I think that is one of the For best sure. things that you can do. And we're, we're having beers in the morning. We're going out fishing. It wasn't like a lack of trying to catch fish. We, we just did our best. We cast it. We did things. We got hurt. We had a great time. And then afterwards we, we came back to, uh, um, my buddy's dad treated us to like these awesome sub sandwiches, crushed one of those, came back, had a few more beers with the boys. Then uh, my buddy Martin came by and we all went golfing. I'm not a golfer, but we went to this like, you know, dog shit part three just for fun golfing. And it was and, and then it was the same thing where we just continued drinking and all we did was rip on one another. And it was just like that sounds awesome and, and, just surgical. and then we came back and we continued having a few pops and then like we had curfew at 9 30 so like we all kind of like uh marty dropped me off and uh, dropped us all off and all that like we were all like responsible like well marty was responsible we weren't but um yeah and, but it was like a really good day so like there are other things you can do in a day that i would be like that was a good day but i gotta tell you that was a really good day Nice. I love that. That's a yeah. cool story. Definitely. I love when you like a perfect day can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cool. Yeah. I like it. So I wanted to share one more tiny, I know like last week's episode, we did the shock and damage. Yeah. I have a little story about that. So I sent you the video. I'm going to post it up on the uh, TikTok. You got to watch it on TikTok because it's they got the best soundtracks on there. And I just thought it would work. But yeah, drop boy, it. did I eat tell, shit a couple of times. Tell them, tell them what it oh, is. Yeah. Two sides of the story pod. Yeah. Yeah. So and go. so I just I ate shit twice and my pants got ripped. And so I thought I should get the security videos, put it together into a clip and just, you know, kind of let put it out there. So I wanted to post that clip up and I wanted to kind of tell the story first. So that's the story. Sean ate shit twice. If you want to see it, check it out on two sides of the story pod on TikTok. Perfect, man. Well, I think and we if have you like don't a... have TikTok. Yeah, if you have TikTok, hit us up, give us comments, likes, and views. Just be a part of the 
it's a great way to be part of the show. Um, also, uh, as we wrap things up here, let's drive some attention to our uh, Instagram. That's two sides of the story on Instagram. Um, if you want to be part of the show, you want to write in an email. Uh, that's two sides of the story pod at, at gmail.com. That's the number two sides of the story pod at gmail.com. Uh, we also have the Facebook groups. You can just do the old search of two sides of yep. the story. Um, we have shirts for sale. If you're, you know, feeling squirrely, you want to uh, kick a fuck a couple bucks our way and help support the podcast. Um, honestly, like all the love we were getting, but before we wrap up completely, it's a big week for birthdays in the sides family. Uh, yesterday, my sister, Michelle turned uh, 29. Nice. So, Happy birthday, Michelle. And happy as, birthday, Michelle. And today, Jennifer Sides turned 36. I'm just joking. 29. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. Jennifer Sides turned 29. Your older sister is 29. Uh, something like that. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. She's going to love <laughs> you for hearing this. <laughs> happy I birthday, feel like Jen. I'd rather lie than tell the truth. And yeah. get my ass kicked. So that's fair. That's fair. Well, no, so happy birthday to both of our individual sisters and cousins. We also um I wanted to touch on something too, real quickly, just a quick shout out. So as you know, I haven't really talked about it on air yet, but Crystal's grandmother, her birthday is June 6th, I want to say. Her birthday is in the next couple of days. It's on Sunday. She is turning 81 and she's also currently battling lung cancer. So I just wanted to like give a little shout out to her and, you know, we're with her on the journey and she's a strong ass fighter. So this is just uh congrats to her on being done her first week of radiation out of six and can't wait till uh, the process is over and she's back to being healthy. Well, perfect. Happy birthday to her and uh, good vibes on the, on the rec- road to recovery there. Oh, show we gotta have a fuck cancer episode. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. We'll we'll figure the that out in the, the near future. But that being said, this has been two sides of the story this week. I'm Tom Sides. This has been one side of the story. And I'm Sean Sides. This has been another side of the story. Have a great week, everybody. Two sides of the story. Tom and Sean